0: to you there. Hello there. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography Podcast. Today, my guest is Marquita Waters. She is a jazz singer, formerly known as Mia Morrell. She is a vocal coach and an author. Welcome, Marquita. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing very well. Thank you so much for making and taking the time to be here with me today. I'm very excited to have you here and to jump in and to share all about the beautiful light you put out into the world and talk a little bit about your story and your journey into the world that you are currently in now. So with that being said, let's jump right in. How long have you been performing and can you tell us a little bit about the story behind being formerly known as Mia Morrell? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've been performing, let's see, maybe since two, could we wow. say? <laughs> Actually, at birth, my mother was taking singing lessons, okay. and I am named after a song. "Marquita." I still hear you calling. Marquita, my love. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was a kid and i couldn't have been five or whatever and i'd be on the porch in a rocking chair and there would be a neighbor and i'd say do you want to hear me sing and then jump up and start singing so it's been a long time and it's just part of who me, you are <laughs> i'd say so
0: yeah
1: <laughs> It sort of went, oh, this is it. (laughs) And let's see. I started doing shows when I was about 10 or 11. I was walking around and there was a 4th of July celebration. Mm -hmm. Chick Mullery was the comedian and he was on stage. And I walked over and I said, do you know Mary Snyder? That was my mom's name. She was a dancer. And so he said, yeah, looking at me like, what do you do? Who are you? (laughs) Who the hell are you, kid? (laughs) I know. It was really, I'm busy here. I'm seeing a whole (laughs) show. There's fireworks. And so I said, well, I sing. Can, I don't know whether I asked him, but I know I must have said something. And he put me on. And then when my mother came back from her show, because she was a dancer, I sat up and I said, Mom, I did a show. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long time. Mm. And let's see, the story of Mia morell Well, yes. the story is that Mr. Skinny D'Amato, okay, at the 500 Club in Atlantic City, was mm. really good friends with the Rat Pack. Okay. Now, the Rat Pack was... Frank Sinatra and his buddies. And so I called him Mr. Skinny. His name was Skinny Damata. And just a little Italian, right? Mm-hmm. So my father was in charge of my career. And We did shows. My mother and I did shows. And so I got booked at the 500 Club. Mr. Skinny was interested in me and furthering my career. And he says, well, she's got to lose a little weight. And I didn't have extra weight on me at all. But 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 he said, we got to change her name. And so he came up with a name, Mia Morell. At the time that Frank Sinatra was going with Mia Farrow. And so this is really back in the, in the dinosaur <laughs> ages here for a lot of people, but you know what, honey, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's history. It is history. A lot of people, they look it up and they go, oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> so you me,
1: me and, Maril, and it stuck for a long time mm. until I decided, I think we're done with her.
0: <laughs> I've outgrown her. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Can you share the story of your artistic journey? Like, What sparked your passion for performing and singing? I know you basically came out of the womb singing, but along the way, what kept that interest? What kept that passion for you for performing and singing?
1: It was the love of singing. I've taken courses now and different things about what and why you do. And it truly is, I loved to sing. That was a passion. It was yeah. just there. I, it was just God said, plunk, here we go. And, mm-hmm. and plunk, there we went. And <laughs> it, it just was, like you said, it was there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and I was fortunate. I think it wasn't that I had to search out something. It was a given. Yeah. It just was well, a it given. was
0: Well, it's your natural gift, and you knew it from a very young age that this is what you're here to do. Because you think about it, a lot of people never find that thing that drives them, that sparks them, that sets their soul on fire. So when you do find it, I think we're all very lucky to find that when we do.
1: Yes, yes. And so many are doing that now. Many are really going after it and wanting to, no, let me find the passion. Let me find what really makes me happy.
0: Which I think is great. It's exciting that more people are doing that. We need to do that. We're only here for a short time. So you might as well do what you love and what sets your soul on fire. You were fortunate enough to basically come out of the womb knowing it, (laughs) which is quite a gift.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely. Keeping the passion, it waned. There's more to the story, but that's the bottom line answer to that one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who are some of your greatest artistic influences and how have they helped shape your approach to music and performance? And also, what type of music do you enjoy listening to?
1: Okay, who shaped... When I grew up, I hardly listened. I only danced with the refrigerator. That was, we danced to music, to the refrigerator. And I was trying to think of one lady, and I still can't remember her name, that I did listen. And I thought, she sings good, but she was underrated. I still can't remember her name, which is bugging me. But the influences... I have to say, when I left home, because there was a lot that went on at home, I have a story. Oh, my gosh. And I had problems. I had notes because I was straining my voice all the time. Right. And so the doctor took me to the voice therapist and she said, you're going to have to change everything. And so the two influences that I went to, that I thought, these women are happening. Okay. Eliphas Sherald for singing Lighter High and Aretha Franklin. she,
0: Both of them are beautiful voices. The
1: Queens. They are the Queens. Yeah, they Ella, are the Fitz, queens.
0: Ella Fitzgerald just love her.
1: Yeah. And so it, Aretha Franklin was for changing the chess voice, the lower ah uh, to uh, 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 ah, yeah, Up there and listening to change the way I was doing. Because I, with my life and with mm. my voice, I was doing like this, just holding on, forcing it through, screaming inside because of my unhappiness. And so my voice, my life, it was all that way. I loved singing, but I hated what was happening all around me. And so I had to go to those ladies to get the technical side of what to do how to change Mm. things. And so I listened and I incorporated how they did things. I changed the key for some people. That's where you sing the song to keys to sing. Like Ella would not force anything. And I wouldn't sing up in a, Mm. which I can do now, but I Mm. couldn't do that. I was talking down here. Hello. How are you? this is a very wow. good day. How are you? Yes. That's why <laughs> I talk. Yes. And mm-hmm. so it took me a year to accept what is normal. Now my speaking voice, as well as singing different, like with Eliphas, Gerald is oh ooh, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. so you're going up to the high notes, but you're not forcing them. I was so used to forcing myself, my life, yeah. my voice, that it was quite a change, but That started me teaching singing. That started me with going through that. The doctor said, chest voice, head voice. He says, we don't understand that. That's not, you know.
0: (laughs) That's not doctor speak.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What the heck? I got to talk to you. You got to help me. It is darling. So I started teaching then. And that was in the late 70s, I believe. In the 70s somewhere. So that was
0: the catalyst, then the throat, the problem with the nodes and whatnot, going to the doctor that was the catalyst for you moving into teaching as well as singing? Yeah. I I
1: started to, some people ask me, do you ever teach? I said, well, I can teach. I can show you some things Mm because I didn't think of myself as a teacher. I had problems with my voice. I had problems with my life. It's cool. And I started teaching and they said, you should write a book. (laughs) I said, oh, wow, a book. But who was I to write a book? Oh,
0: yes. The imposter syndrome and all the things.
1: You got it.
0: Yeah. Yes. So I have to ask them, with you being a teacher, can you, in your opinion, mm-hmm. as a seasoned singer and a teacher, can anyone learn to sing?
1: Yes. I have a fella. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. His name is Jose. I have a present over over there that he gave me. He mm-hmm. came to me and he could sing three notes. I worked with him. I said, you're going to have to work twice as hard as everyone
0: else. <laughs> because he could only sing three notes
1: and so i worked with him he did three or four shows he only sang one note off in the songs so my answer is yes with qualifications Mm -hmm. of course right maybe so (laughs) if you really have a hard time hearing it will be very difficult for you Mm -hmm. and it's okay if you love it You just have to find the right person that doesn't throw you off the bridge, so to speak. (laughs) Yes. The vocal bridge. You can't sing like some teachers do. You can't sing. It's like ruin people's lives. They love singing. So I worked with him and he wanted to so badly that he worked through it. Other people will stay at a certain point and then get frustrated enough and and probably will stop. Some people love to sing. And if you can carry tunes, you can sing. It depends now Where you want to go with it, whether you're realistic with your goals or not, with everything in life, right?
0: True, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody can accomplish anything that they want to within, again, within a realistic goal. Like, if I were to come to you and say, Marquita, I would love for you to teach me to sing. I want to play stadiums. That's not realistic. But if I came to you and said, Marquita, I would love for you to teach me to sing. I just want to sing. I don't know, play little clubs or I'm in a band and I want to improve my singer. I want to start a band. We're not playing big gigs. We're just playing clubs and stuff. That's a little more realistic than saying, okay, I want to go on tour. I want to tour the world as a singer. No, that's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: Yeah. And some people just want to do karaoke. They just want to sing in the shower. They want to sing for their friends and it's beautiful. Yeah, It makes them happy. That's what life is about. What are we doing here? So making them happy, that's a joy to my life. I mean, it it is wonderful. Then other people that are in bands that really want to, I had some girls come to me and they were they were hoarse, and I'm going, oh, gosh, oh, let me help them. Please let me help them. I know how it feels. It's painful. And they came to me, but then the managers didn't want them to come because they mm. knew I would talk to them about their voices. So I said, you've got to take the time with this. So some people that are overzealous that want to sing will push themselves too much. Some right. people that don't think that they can sing don't push themselves enough.
0: By a happy medium.
1: And I'm the person that should be able to reach their minds, their hearts, and their spirits with where they are and bring them to that, for whatever fruition it is, that's realistic. That yes.
0: Was <laughs> Let's point that out again. It has to be realistic. Just sure. a little. Just a little. <laughs> how long have you been writing songs? And do you, you write both music and lyrics, correct?
1: Yeah, I do so the whole enchilada. So how long have you been a songwriter? Gosh, I guess maybe... I think it was in the 80s.
0: In the 80s, you started writing.
1: <sighs> yeah. Well, I know 80s. that
0: different artists have their own methodology or processes for when they create their art, whatever that be, whether it be painting, drawing, singing, songwriting, playing an instrument, writing a book. What is, do you have a process when you sit down to compose or write a song that you go through? Are there any rituals or anything?
1: I go, oh God, help me. <laughs> only kidding. Okay. So <laughs> there's no set process other than not getting up and stopping Yeah. because so many times, especially songwriters will start to write a song and go, I don't think that's any good. Let me start another one. I don't mm. think that, let me start another one. So that can only make you be a starter, not a finisher. And it's a very bad habit. So the first thing is if I decide to write I sit down and try it, do the best I can. Sometimes I start with the music. Sometimes I was woken up at four in the, was it three? No, four in the morning with an idea. I said, okay, God, really, four in the morning. (laughs) I said, it kept going through my head. It was just, it was such a day yeah such a mighty fine day or no was it rest <laughs> in me there were so many good lord yeah. so at any rate i came downstairs started writing it and the thing is that you do have to have a pad and pencil right yeah. there you do have to record it right there Chris. it goes away it's the yes. most sickening thing it goes away and so have you experienced that have you written I a have. song oh.
0: No, not a song, but if I've got an idea for something, for something I want to put forward or a photo shoot or a title for something, or if you don't write it, you're right, it's you wake up the next morning and it's gone. It's,
1: what, really? Yeah. Because you could give me a break. And I've sat so, up
0: many a time with my phone putting into my notes. <laughs>
1: yes. And that's what I've learned the hard way to do that. And sometimes it is a beat. I'll say, let me start a beat. Or I'll write down, I've written a whole bunch of stuff. And I go, I got to go into this or that. Right, and right. processes. I wrote 10 songs for a Christian CD. And I wrote them, didn't finish them, put them mm-hmm. on the shelf. And then I said, Okay. I gave myself a challenge. So that's the other thing, giving yourself a challenge. <laughs> then this, the next thing, because there's three, really. The first is don't get up, keep going. Yeah. Write everything down. I, I, the challenge and then telling people what you're going to do forces you to finish. And that's what I needed. So I told everybody I'm going to do a song a month. I finished them. It, I finish it's
0: accountability, them. right?
1: Accountability.
0: You're speaking it out into the universe. Yeah.
1: Really... Meaning what you say and saying what you mean and doing
0: yes, all what that. you say <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm curious, how do you deal with creative blocks when you get them? Because as artists, creative blocks undoubtedly are going to come up from time to time, and what have you found helps the most when they do come up for you?
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> Stop it <laughs> I did a course. In 2018, Darren Hardy's Insane Productivity. Little plug for Darren. And yeah, (laughs) you always give kudos to people who have helped you. It was the first time I invested in myself. And I went through the course and I already scheduled things, ran like lots of miles. And so I scheduled everything and I has, but I didn't really invest in myself professionally. I worked and I needed to heal that area. In 2020, I released my book, I Will Not Grow Weary, the same book that was talked about in 1970s that I wouldn't finish and didn't finish. I finished it. It's right there. I Will Not Grow Weary. And it's the name of a song I wrote, I Will Not Grow Weary. And so what made that happen was the fact that I scheduled it in as the first thing to do in the morning, as Mr. Hardy had said. (laughs) The MIT, the most important task, that's after my time that I spend in the morning prepping myself for the day with scriptures, with positive thinking, with thoughts going, high five, Marquita! high five, (laughs) 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 breathing in confidence and courage breathing out fear and weakness, love breathing it. in power and strength, breathing out weakness and fear, breathing in victory, breathing out defeat, and then the high fives.
0: <laughs> I love it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love asking this question of artists and creatives and hearing different people's thoughts on this. And as a creative yourself, do you think that we are all born with an innate creativity, like it's something that I often wonder and think about quite a bit, actually, when yeah. it comes to artists, athletes, musicians, etc., are people just born with a natural ability or is it something that you can learn, practice hone and eventually become artistic. Some people they're just born. Like it's almost like they come out of the womb with an instrument in their hand or with a paintbrush in their hand, like the greats, like Beethoven and <clears throat> Picasso Eddie Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix, all of these people, you would think you see them playing and it's like, oh were you born with that instrument in your hands? Now, I think that for most people, I think that's a very small percentage of people. And for most, they have to work at that. And I mean, they not to say that these greats don't practice either. Of course, they do. They practice all the time. You hear stories about how when they were younger, they would sit in their room for eight, ten hours a day practicing. So that, yes, they have to practice, absolutely. But for those that aren't born with that skill level it's just it's a whole other level do you think that the normal people can achieve that level of or that caliber of skill set through practice or is that something that is like to hit that level is not attainable
1: well there's both things you you pose that question right in the beginning mm. were you born with a natural talent yes people are born with natural talent mm. i was born with natural talent but there are people that can bring themselves to greatness. Right. Because natural talent, a lot of times can be the nemesis because you take it for granted. I did when I was okay. younger. I took it for granted. That was it. I was going to be a star. I'm, I, that's my attitude always. I am yeah. a star is period, but I didn't practice as much as I needed to. I did in a lot of instances bad, go wrong, didn't do what I needed to do. I was so enveloped with my personal suffering that it was like, just like drowning and trying to hold on and attitude. So then you can learn. And that's what so many people believe that, well, I'm not like as talented as them. You can become talented. You can become great but you're going to have to put in the dues. You have to put the work yeah. in. And the ones that have the talent must not take it for granted, have to continue on. So many of the singers that were really big in their younger years have faded. And I think a lot of the times it's because they stop practicing and stop learning a different way to work with their gradual change in life. You don't do the same thing as you were in 20. You don't do it the same. So I think that's the secret. Don't ever think you can't. Beautiful. Thank you
0: for sharing that. Was there a light bulb moment, aside from coming out of the womb, (laughs) that you knew, you just knew you you were going to be a performer?
1: I don't know. I just, I did take a time where I was running was the first love. I loved running. And yeah. that was a personal and so I thought singing I love it, but I'm running all the time. Right. I mean, I really exhausted myself with that one. <laughs> and was an award winner. And then I came back to singing because and I think just recently because of developing myself through reading, because I didn't read when I was a kid, right. and all kinds of learning disabilities and I never read. And I'm oh my gosh, let me read. It's like and podcasts and yeah. just learning now is so important. And I realized uh, I do love singing. Coming down yeah. to the common denominator I love teaching also, but I love singing. Yeah. And I love helping people because I've got so much that I've gone through with my voice that I can sense what a person needs so it's both things i i love the singing and i love the teaching but i came back to with that i think it was just that was sort of a pivotal moment
0: Now, have you met any of your musical idols? And if so, how was that experience? I've heard many people say you should never meet your idols, as you'll only be disappointed a lot of the time. Have you ever, first of all, I guess, first question is have you met any of your idols? And how was the experience if you have?
1: Okay. I didn't have any idols. Okay. I didn't have any idols at all. I mean, I did love, I love Aretha Franklin. I mean, I I bow down to her any day. So, see ya. (laughs) Soon. (laughs) Yeah. Or maybe at some point. Maybe,
0: hopefully not soon. Not soon, that's (laughs) right.
1: No, I think I'm going to be lasting a long time.
0: There you
1: go. So. I thought about that but there was one person that influenced me their work ethic. I was working in Wildwood at the Riptide okay. stage show. Big mm-hmm. performers there the Supremes, Lil Anthony and the Imperials, Mel Tormé, Mel Tormé. So now in case somebody doesn't know it, chestnuts roasting on an open fire.
0: Mel Tormé was he not known he as He wrote that. The Velvet Fog.
1: Yes. Yeah. And he wrote, Jack Frost nipping at your nose. He wrote that song. So, and I mean, it's a legend. So yep. the thing that impressed me about him, and I remember it now because I didn't have it going then. It was afternoon and I happened to be at the place, at the club. And he was there working on song scripts. Yep. And they said, we're going to close the place. And he said, "We'll just lock the door. He stayed there. <laughs> Through and until when they opened wow. it up for Showtime. Mm. I said, wow, what a dedication. Yeah. The man knew what he was doing, knew the cost, knew what he loved to do. That was it. So that man I think of now and I say, I should have learned the lesson earlier in life, but I." he taught me.
0: What lights you up or excites you the most about being a musician performer?
1: It was when I was a little kid that I just loved to sing. And my little kid is out again.
0: <laughs> uh, love it.
1: And when I sing now, when I have a problem with breathing or anything, there's a little boy, I have his picture that I look at. And he's got this little look on his face. Ooh, we're <laughs> going to do something. Ooh, this is great. I'm going to do great things. And I'm I think I'm going to make you smile. I mean, he, he's just, I think of him, I look at him, and my little kid said, oh boy. And then I take a breath and I sing the note. And it's like the freedom of my voice being mine now and not my father's. Because, yeah, it's, it was very deep that it wasn't mine. Everything was, I was the character that was moved around and that's not so now. Yes. And I wish that for others. I wish that for you, all you that are his audience. Okay. Brad's audience that you believe in yourself and you love yourself.
0: That's so important. It's everything. I mean, self-love is the foundation for all of it. That's where we all start. We have to start with that foundation.
1: Yeah. I didn't like myself. It didn't because I didn't love myself because I was told I was nothing and I lived it. It's a long so journey. If you do the three Ps, I call them, you got to be purposed, mm-hmm. believing. You got to mm-hmm. believe in your higher power.
0: Yeah. You
1: got to do the psychological. You got to do the work for yourself mm-hmm. and you've got to have the physical. You got to work here with doing yeah. your craft, but the purposeful The other part of the Purposeful of the Higher Power is you, believing in Mm -hmm. you, what you were saying, just what you were saying.
0: 100%. Can you share a performance that holds a very special place in your heart and what made it particularly memorable or impactful for you? Is there one that sticks out?
1: I've got to say, I would love to say this big, wonderful performance. but The one performance that sticks out, it it was a bad one. And (laughs) I was at the Copa called Mm -hmm. The Copacabana Mm -hmm. in New York with Joe E. Lewis, the comedian. Mm -hmm. And it was his last performance. He was like this big, the father of comedians. And there was a man in the audience, a comedian, a big name comedian. I came on stage. I looked at him. He looked at me. And the look was, what the heck are you doing here? And I froze it. And I always tell my students this story. Don't let this happen to you. (laughs) And I was intimidated, but also it was right before I left home and I was broken completely. My Mm. personal life was completely a mess, but my stage life was, I was moving up and this was the biggest, the COPA in New York yeah I was the variety wrote me up and everything, and it was a bad write up, but oh, it was the performance it was seeing him and then being insecure. I did the show I couldn't wait to get off the stage. that will never happen again.
0: The one and only time
1: that was so terrible yeah.
0: <laughs> and well that's a Im- huge
1: impact. Can you imagine all the kids that? come up and I really want to go for it. And they go to auditions and the audition person is terrible. I had this happen or they, the audition was a, just didn't go well or the performance doesn't go well. And they don't want to go again and yeah. do or, it or it's them. yes. And just to tell them it's okay. It's just one time. And you have so many more times that are going to be great. Use this one. As a Use lesson. it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: The music industry can be very challenging to navigate, of course. What advice (laughs) do you have for aspiring artists trying to establish themselves in the industry?
1: Be brave. (laughs) (laughs) Be very brave and then be brave again. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you're going to go in this industry, it's a very hard industry and you better love it because, you know, you're (laughs) self-employed. You don't know where your bread's coming from. And there are so many people... That they're doing something else instead of this. Don't let that be an issue. Follow your dreams in your heart. I'm 76 and I'm more bubbly now than
0: <laughs> before. I love your energy, Marquita. I love Thank
1: it. you so much. I'm so it's grateful. It's infectious,
0: it's beautiful.
1: You've got to. (laughs) (laughs) And to tell them that don't give up, keep going. If it is truly something that you know that you're called to do, like anything in life, you must be called to do this. I'm called to speak out. I am called to sing. I'm called to write. I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. And also have the courage to share your dream. Don't be afraid to share it because so many love and they want to be in the business and they're afraid to, oh, maybe I'm not as good as that person on stage. You should hear them backstage, honey. I'll tell you, <laughs> we all make mistakes. You should hear my videos that I do on YouTube. There's some notes where I go, oh my gosh, but I do it without anything because I want them to know this is raw. Yeah. It's okay. If there's a boo. it's okay. So you must continue on. You must be brave. Finances are important, but do believe in yourself and kick butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> what legacy do you hope to leave in the world of music and performance? And how do you envision contributing to the art- artistic landscape for future generations?
1: Well, for the future, I wrote the book and it's about my life. Yeah. So that it, so many people who have made it in life have, have terrible backgrounds. You yeah. hear it all the time. There's another one. Yeah. There's another one. I'm another one. But people need to know that there's another side that you don't have to make it in life To You can sing, you, know, you can have a band, you can do recordings, you can do whatever. It isn't the top, you see, that's to yeah. let them know that. But I wrote that book and it's about my life and then about singing. So the next book is how to sing through it all. Mm-hmm. And it's to give encouragements to people, artists, because it is a harder life. Yeah. You don't have that nine to five. Any yep. entrepreneur knows that. Entrepreneurship yeah. is that way.
0: You know, so it isn't just
1: this. I think the legacy is to keep singing through the years, and they go, Oh my gosh, she's what? And (laughs) I'm an elder, not an older, so I don't even want to say the word. (laughs) You know, that eldership is alive. We as Mm -hmm. older people should call ourselves elders. I'm an elder saying, you can keep going. Singing is yeah. for a lifetime. Enjoy it. The legacy is enjoy your life, enjoy your talent for the whole life. You know there is no such thing as retirement, honey. No, your no.
0: gifts are well. Your gifts aren't even for you; they're for the world. So it's you sh- need to share them with the world.
1: You said it. That was it. That that ended the sentences.
0: There you go. <laughs> I want to speak a little bit about your work now as a coach, as a vocal coach. Uh What is your philosophy when it comes to training and developing voice talent in others?
1: Bringing out them, bringing out their gift, which so many times it's a methodology. And because of so many years and because I am a singer, I can feel what they need and show them how to do it. And the whole idea is making the song your own. So we've got to work on them coming out as a person and being comfortable being that person when they're on stage and giving that out and knowing that what they're doing in is giving a gift to the audience. So they aren't centered here so much in the fear. They're centered, oh, it's a gift. And they want to have a good time. So it's giving that gift and making them feel more comfortable in their singing shoes. And then working their muscles Working. I love the muscle thing. (laughs) I love to work out. Yeah. So it's getting them to realize that they're dealing with themselves, being themselves, but they also have to do the work with their musculature and have to strengthen that and strengthen it. Not I'm a alto, I'm a soprano. No, it's all the whole enchilada from low to high and knowing that you can do all. You can do from low to high. It's just maybe your low to high is over here or over here. They're more capable than they realize and Mm. making them smile. Isn't it great when we smile? It is,
0: absolutely. A smile on someone can change the trajectory of another person's day. Yes. And that's what it's about. Share your gift. Your gift is your smile. Share it with the world.
1: Yes, yes. Smile bombs. That's why I are smile
0: bombs. (laughs) They are so infectious. Smiling is so infectious. You're walking down the street, you see someone smile, it's going to make you smile. That's a beautiful thing. What a gift that is to give to someone. Yes. Now, of course, maintaining vocal health is crucial. You know that just as well as anybody else. What practices do you follow to ensure the longevity and health of your voice? And how do you instill these habits in your students?
1: Well, the number one is being an example of the habit. I do the exercises with them. So they see me being yeah. able to do it, being the elders, showing the example. And they see the difference. I say, do this before your show. See okay. the difference before you record. Do this before you record. And they see the difference. So when you see it in your hand, when you're feeling it, that now I can get the note that I couldn't get, that encourages the ability to do it on a more consistent basis, but it's always a challenge because we're lazy little things, Yes, whether we realize (laughs) it or not. Whether we want to
0: admit it or not. (laughs) Yes.
1: Singing bad notes, I would never sing in front of people until I got healing. And then, so, oh my gosh. And my students said, oh, her voice cracked. Oh my gosh. I thought she'd never do it. They were relieved because they want you to be real. That's why I said about artists, telling the students that they went in the studio, you're hearing them with perfection with things yeah. being done for them so don't feel that you can't yeah. that you won't be good enough and then the other thing is that a lot of times finding the time to practice I tell people you're in the car you're captive put the exercises on that's what got yeah. me to do them because I'm just as lazy as the next person I don't want to do it so I get in my car on the way to the gym there and I do my vocal exercises. When I'm preparing for things, I'm doing them more. I'm working for the show. I do what I learned for the book. I practice every day a little something. Every day I do the song. Every day, but I warm up before. Do the song. Warm That consistency and and instilling that into the students is really, it's really a challenge.
0: Yeah, I'm sure.
1: when people want it enough, they'll
0: do it. There you go. You have to want it bad enough. If you're not doing it, you don't want it bad enough, right? Plain and simple. I want to speak a little bit. You've mentioned the book. So let's speak a little bit about you becoming an author and the book you wrote. So first of all, was writing something that was always part of your path? Was that part of who you were? Did you always write? And if not, when did you start writing?
1: You know what? It wasn't part. I never, what? Me, a writer? I mean, I, I it was totally never there. Writing about the voice... When they said that, when the students said that, I had the inkling of it. I tried to sit down and I just, no. And what if the imposter syndrome, what if something was wrong? And this expert says she wrote something wrong. I said, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Forget it. And then writing the book, writing songs came along. I will not grow weary. And that was my theme. I didn't realize it until recently. So this book came along and I have a spiritual son, a new gun. And he took lessons for three years and finally did his single. And he's done my music videos and you should write a book. And then I took the course and then I thought I need to be brave. I need to do this. And it was very difficult because it was about my life. And so it brought up a lot of things, but it it was very healing. It was very good too, because I realized all these things that I had done. And so doing the course that I took, Insane Productivity, made me, forced me to have a time And not after an hour, I want to leave. I did a 90 minute jam and it caused me to go in and and fight into it. And then Anu said, well, where's the picture? Where's that? Where's this? I'm running all over the place, gathering my life, (laughs) gathering all these pieces and then editing. And so because I went through the course, it was, I need to finish this. I need to follow this through. I've thought about this for decades. And so with Anu pushing me, he did all the pictures in there and going over and over And then having two people that were helping, that really, having a team helps. And I didn't, I always was solo because I always had to be alone Yeah. because of the shame from the childhood. I always stayed within. So being around other people sharing, I didn't like people. (laughs) Let me stay with animals. And you've heard the story. And so with them, it was like, I got to finish this. People know about it. (laughs) And finishing, I had accountability. I finished. And the only reason I finished that, that was in 1993, mm-hmm. was because I had an accountability person. There you go. Yes. So with the book, it pushed me because I had all of this around me expecting. And yeah. it got done 2020, it was released and the second one, because it's second part is a technical part of singing. And I wanted to share that because I wanted to give tidbits that people don't hear about. What you do on on an audition, what you don't Mm -hmm. do, how you dress, be there early, put a smile on your face for singers, all the little tidbits, you know, Mm -hmm. about that. And then my life history about going through things and you can make it through to doing this and then singing through it all, writing the next book. I'm going to do that this year encouraging people through life as artists, all entrepreneurs and artists. Oh, in the book, you can get it on Amazon.
0: We'll put the links in the show notes when okay. we release the episode for them to get your books. Absolutely. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? I
1: don't have superpowers. Yes, I, everybody um, does. I, really, we do? Yes, of course. <laughs> You're going to have to help me with them. Okay.
0: I think- Your superpower is you, who you are. No one else is I, you.
1: I think, yes, that, yeah, I hear that. Thank you. I think it's that I will never give up.
0: There you go. That's another one. See? I you think. Got two already.
1: He's so good. Thank you. I got
0: you. I got you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We need each other. Oh my gosh. I realized that because I didn't like people. I have worked on loving Mm. people. You don't have to like everybody, but loving people.
0: Love is is the highest vibration on the planet.
1: Yeah. I'm giving you a good (laughs) (laughs) vibration.
0: There you go. (laughs) Speaking of success, Marquita, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you?
1: Success is being healthy in both personal and professional life. I work on it every morning, every morning with my big daddy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before you learned it? What was your life like after you learned it?
1: This is the biggest. It's before my life was as a victim, living in victimhood. After I started doing my stuff I'll fit this. I put it on that <laughs> little cassette. There's my swing CD. Mm. And it is being a thriver. Afterwards, it was like, it's being worthy to be okay. Being worthy to say, I finished things out when I thought I didn't. And I did. Mm. That was what running did. I was at the door to do 16 miles. I'm going, Arr! But I did them. And I could say that I did. I can say that I did what I said I was going to do. I did write the book, not think about it. So I'm not living in that anymore. That's (laughs) the big deal
0: from and my life, to victor yes
1: yeah victory over victimhood is in that book um, the compilation it. victory that's the third book victory over victimhood this there one is go. victory or victimhood mm. so that is the third book i got them lined up
0: <laughs> i love that that's awesome that's great yeah See, but you're that speaking it out be. to the universe so you yes. put it out there so you have to do it
1: at all times my reticular yeah. activating system is <laughs> <laughs>
0: What does the word empowerment mean to you, Marquita?
1: Oh, my gosh. I've known such little power when I was younger. I, was, I felt powerless. And the word power means understanding knowledge. And, oh, there was three of them. There was three things. And knowledge is, I can't remember the second one. There is three of them. <laughs> Wisdom is the first. Understanding is second. And knowledge is third. That's what power is to me.
0: Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Happy. What is one thing you love about yourself that is not related to your physical appearance?
1: That I will never give up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will never one. grow weary.
0: <laughs> as, I wrote it. I going to live it. If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be?
1: I will not crow we're at
0: If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be?
1: To smile instead of frown. Yeah.
0: What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money?
1: I'd love to share my life with a hubby. But okay. you might be able to buy them, but not I don't want <laughs> those kinds.
0: <laughs> you probably can buy them.
1: <laughs> I'm sure let's not do that.
0: No, not a good thing. <laughs> what is your favorite self care practice?
1: My morning ritual. Which which is uh, my morning ritual is time with God, with myself, with my positive thoughts and doing the most important thing, most important task in the morning, setting the day up.
0: Thank you, Mr. Hardy. (laughs) That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life?
1: To never give up. I see a
0: theme here, Marquita.
1: <laughs> yes. No, really. It's because life has so many twists and turns that we don't yep. know are coming. And it's so easy to get discouraged and to encourage people and inspire people that it's going to be okay. Your attitude, not the circumstances. The circumstances mm-hmm. come at you, but it's your attitude. Then you deal with the circumstances. They don't deal with you.
0: Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why?
1: Again, the performance. My father. My <laughs> father. It it was negative, so negative. And yet there was as much bad as he did, he did good. But I sing the way I do, like improvise because of him. I have a career, but how it began and what he did was so devastating to my life. I think that's why I'm younger for my age, because I think God figured I better give her a little bit more time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She's got a lot of work to do. She's God, got a lot of good me, to put out into the world.
1: And because of what I went through and because of healing that, I can be an asset to people's lives. And that's what we must be. Absolutely. So I have Beautiful. to be grateful.
0: Gratitude is hugely important. We need to express gratitude every day, every day yes. for the littlest things.
1: Yes. Humility and gratitude are my best friends on yeah, either side. There
0: you go. <laughs>
1: Shoot them out. <laughs>
0: What challenge in your life shaped you the most, Marquita?
1: Take a deep breath and say, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> in counseling, that was it. Three times. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. The challenge was getting past my victimhood and then my attitude, my my victory, yeah. what had happened, but my attitude with it and readjusting and taking responsibility mm. for my life. There you go. Taking responsibility, not victimhood. You blame people.
0: Yes. But when you point your finger at others, there's three more pointing back at you. Yeah. Oh, no. All right. (laughs) Marquita, what is your why?
1: My why is, there's a secret why that I don't tell about, but the why for the world is I want a well in Africa or help with the water in Africa. The children don't have clear water. Just think of your life without water. I can't believe it. Then for the animals to help, because all of my animals are rescues, the rescue organizations need bigger places to be Mm. able to give money for them. I'm not doing it, okay? I already took in my babies. (laughs) But in order to be financially set to give to the organizations and have no kills, to get rid of that. And then for children's disabilities, with the, Mm. the SMILE, it's yeah. helped them. And like my boy that I talked about earlier, yeah. the limbs, his limbs were healed and they don't laugh at him now. Beautiful. So he was one with a, an organization called Cure. So to to be able to have the finances, to make the money with what I do, with my voice, with books, with, or whatever, and give as much as I can Help. to those. Yep. Because right. you can't give if you don't have, you can't That's give right. Right. a lot. Right. So beautiful. everybody make money. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's a beautiful why. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why?
1: I really don't know, and I didn't know, and I've thought about it. The only person, I played Mother Teresa in a rock opera. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) what can I say? And the person that put it together, Dimitri, and he put together this whole rock opera of all these legendaries. So right. I played Mother Teresa with a habit, with the rosaries and everything. Yeah. And so, come with me into a world. It, it was beautiful. It was her speech, something beautiful. So I looked her up. And being a Christian, she, was, she followed God and she stayed in the streets. And I guess if there was someone, because I, I, there isn't anyone that I'm thinking of, I would think maybe to sit down and talk with her and glean from her humility and also her guts to mm-hmm. go... To the leaders in the world and say, give me money, honey. (laughs) You know, because yes, people need help. So she was humble, yet she was humility, the right type of humility. And yet she was fierce, like a lion. So to learn from her, I think that would be the, uh, the woman. Yeah.
0: That'd be a powerful conversation.
1: I'd learn a lot. I'd be quiet a lot.
0: (laughs) If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be?
1: You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it through this. And I'm going to be there with you. And we're going to smile
0: a lot. (laughs) Lastly, Marquita, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart?
1: That I have wisdom. Well, I pray for it every day to be more wise. I believe more kindness. If we can be more kind, then we will find and give more love. But not only to others, but to ourselves. Because then we truly can give from a depth that may be heard and felt and lived.
0: Beautiful. Marquita, thank sure. you so very much for taking and making the time to be here with me today for sharing your story, your journey, the beautiful light you put out into the world through all the oh. work you're doing and for sharing your beautiful voice with us today. I oh, really appreciate it. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here on the show, Marquita. Thank I you. I really appreciate you taking and making the time. Can you share with the audience where they can connect with you, where they can learn a bit more about who you are and the work you do, or if they want to work with you?
1: Markitawaters.com and not Mia Morell. Okay. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) She's over there But you could listen to the original song that I sang I have a mind of my own But she sang up I have a mind of my own Oh my gosh (laughs) So just marquitawaters.com Go there You can get free warm-ups there And if anyone in your audience would like Three people to have a free copy of I Will Not Grow Weary Then You can tell me, they can contact me or they can contact you and have three people, that's it, that can have a copy of the book and the book is on Amazon and that's it. Just contact me. Let me know what you need. Love to talk to you. Love to get to know you. Thank
0: you so much for that beautifully generous gift, Marquita.
1: And Brad, if they want smile bombs, the Happy Mondays, (laughs) Happy Mondays, if they give me their email... Mm-hmm. On Mondays, I will send them a happy Monday. You receive okay. them now. Yes. I just put you yes, on the I list. Do. Yep. Yes. And so the happy Mondays, I do mention the smile bombs. It's mm-hmm. on Monday to make your beginning of the week something better as opposed to, oh, good Lord, it's Monday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Started off on a high note with a smile. I love
1: yes, it. with a smile. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. We need that. We hear too much of the bad
0: stuff. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Marquita Waters. She is a jazz singer formerly known as Mia morell a vocal coach and an author. Thank you so much, Markita. I appreciate you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and I am grateful to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Have a beautiful rest of your day.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. You too. You too. Blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you. Bye.